Welcome to the Diaries of a Witch podcast. My name is Angelica Crecy. I'm a Capricorn sun, rising, and a Sagittarius moon, and I'm a professional astrologer, intuitive coach, and a business mentor to professional witches. This show is perfect for you if you want to manifest success, take your practice to the next level, or step into the life and business that you were always born for. Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to talk about today's topic. So today I'm going to be bringing up a couple different things that I've learned being a professional witch, being a reader, being a coach, all of the above, Um, but especially, you know, being somebody that is online and talks about witchcraft publicly and makes content about it. So I'm going to be talking about four things um, that I've learned in my time as a professional witch. So the first, we'll just hop right into it. The first thing that I've learned as a professional witch is that you need to make sure that you're spending time on your witchcraft practice separate from any content creation process, anything in your business, um, any classes you're teaching, you need to make sure that your witchcraft practice is flourishing and you're basically doing things that you're not filming, right? (laughs) And I feel like this, like when I wrote this down, it feels really simple and it probably is something that you've heard before, right? Um, But I want to emphasize how important it is. I, I think it's great that people talk about it and that it is very simple or it seems very simple because if you are not spending time nurturing your witchcraft practice and you are giving everything to audience members, clients, etc., um, you are not only going to get burnt out really quickly, but you might even start to feel like your witchcraft practice is something that is separate from you. It's external from you. It doesn't have anything to do with you anymore. Or perhaps you could feel like certain aspects of it are performative. Or, you know, you're just not growing. And so you start to feel like this huge sense of imposter syndrome. Um, And I think that this can happen to a number of people and it can happen really like sneakily. It doesn't have to just, you know, oh yeah, I'm not not in the mood to do witchcraft right now, (laughs) you know, and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, I'm such an imposter. Um, I think that everybody has those times and there are moments of your witchcraft practice where you're just not feeling amazing or you're just, you know, there's other spiritual tools or self-development tools that you're working on in, in a bigger capacity and that's totally true. But I just noticed that the people and the part, you know, the versions of me that have been the most sure of myself as a witchcraft content creator and as a professional witch and a reader and a coach and all of the above have been when my witchcraft practice is growing, when I'm trying new things, when I'm te- when I'm taking classes, when I'm learning from other people when I'm reading books, when I'm going to my altar or doing spells or taking consistent spiritual baths, um, all of those things make me a more confident witch and a more confident professional. And if I didn't have that or the times in my practice, which they have totally happened, spoiler alert, (laughs) the times in my practice where I hadn't been nurturing my practice as much because, you know, I was 
burnt out or I just wasn't in the mood or there was a part of me that just felt almost like this, I don't want to use the word resentment because I think it has a connotation and I think it's maybe not exactly what I'm trying to express, but that feeling of like, you know, you just worked a long day, you're talking about witchcraft all day, or you're working with witches, your your entire work life is about witchcraft. And then, you know, you, you know, you really should, or you really, there's a part of you that really wants to go to your altar at night, but there's just that big part of you that like looks at the altar or looks at your wand or your athame or your candle that you're going to light for your deity. And you're just like, I can't. Like, I was in that world all day (laughs) and I can't do it any longer. I can't do it. Um, And so I definitely think that there is something, and this is something that one of my magical mentors said to me. He's been, you know, a professional witch, right, for a very long time. And he owns his own shop and, you know, he's there, you know, almost six days a week, right? (laughs) Like doing his stuff, doing readings. And he's been doing this for for a very long time, for like 20 or 30 years. And something that he said to me was, Angelica, I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have hobbies. And he's like, and to be honest, I wish I had more. (laughs) Like I really do. But there's something so important about those hobbies and about doing things that aren't witchcraft related or having days or times that, you know, you're not in your spirituality um, and you're kind of you're more like on earth right <laughs> you're more grounded and I think it really depends on what your spiritual practice is um, and, and I'm sure there are things that you can do in your practice and explore when you need that grounding like doing some spiritual bathing like doing cleansings healing stuff um, <clears throat> you know just sitting at your altar and spending time with your deity in a really casual way in a way that doesn't feel like this high magic devotional you know experience and those can be very grounding too, right? But um, anyway, you know, sometimes you just need that foot firmly on the ground and in the mundane world to be able to be in the spiritual world. You know, you this is something I, I picked up from another um, person that I've never had a personal mentorship with them, but um, I consider them to be a mentor of mine because I loved their content for years and years and years. It's Kelly Ann Maddox. I'm sure some of you are familiar with her and her work. Um, But, you know, she said this a couple years ago where she said, you know, you can't be in like the magician mindset all the time. And going back to the tarot, you know, the magician, right? He can make anything happen. He has all the tools to his disposal. He is actively in the middle of doing a magical act on the tarot card, right? Like he is just, he's amazing, right? And he is in that magical ritual space. But we can't be the magician all the time. And if we were, then it would just be the new mundane and our power would dwindle and we would just feel kind of empty. And a lot of witches, professional or not, feel that and go through those phases. Um, And so that is another thing I learned as a professional witch is you really need to honor and be able to flow through your energy levels and the phases of your practice online. Um, And, you know, part of that is making sure that you have a spiritual practice that actually nurtures you and that is always changing and new things that you're learning so that detaching from your work and your daily life, like in your work, 
with spirituality can actually be fun. So like an example of this would be, you know, let's say you teach herbalism and, you know, you talk about herbs all day and you do herbal consultations. You know, maybe taking a break from herbal magic in your personal practice or um, maybe not taking a complete break but maybe learning a different type of herbal magic or learning how to do candle magic and how, you know, candle magic can work with herbs or, you know, learning more about like medicinal herbs or, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure you know all about all of this if you're an herbalist and doing herbal consultations, you know what I mean? But like learning about something that is related to the topic, but a little bit different. You know, for me, that was what ceremonial magic was for a long time. Um, and now, you know, I feel pretty confident as a ceremonial magician and, I, you know, love it and love, um, love practicing it. But, um, for me, ceremonial magic, like was something that I was studying and reading tomes about and going to local classes on. And just, that was like kind of my passion project in magic because it was something that I'd never really learned before that I didn't see anybody really talking about. And it was sort of like my academic, um, special interest in in magic for the last you know year and a half two years um, and it's been super helpful in bringing my practice to a new level and kind of bringing me out of the work that I do and the content that I create which you know for a long time especially it was a lot about Hades it was a lot about sort of Greek magic um, Hellenic perspective um, the magic that Hades had taught me Um, as we work together, that sort of thing. And so ceremonial magic was different and it helped me really nurture my practice. So there's kind of a lot of ideas in that, in that main idea of making sure that you have time for your personal practice. And so to recap, you know, I think that sometimes it's okay to take a break and you need to take a break and it's just a hundred percent what, what needs to happen and creating a structure in that with that in your business um, can be really helpful, you know, creating a strategy of what you what you would do, how you would communicate that to your audience, even if you would communicate that to your audience, um, you know, what you would do to sort of navigate that and that feeling. Um, if there's any other topics that you can discuss, any other, you know, interests of yours professionally that you could um, explore, that's a major tip of mine is to make sure that you have multiple things that you discuss and this is what I love about the personal brand business model so much and I think that a lot of witches would really benefit from it maybe not everybody but I think that a lot of witches especially like service-based professionals can really benefit from the the personal brand model because it's less about the topics that you're covering and it's more about you your personality what you want to talk about today what you want to create a service around and so obviously you know people might follow you for the topics that you cover but the root of it and especially like your client base the people that really want to get a reading from you or want to book with you or want to take a class of yours the reason that they're choosing to learn from you or to get a reading with you is not because of those topics that you cover most of the time. It's about who you are and your personality and you know what you embody and what that brings up in them and you know all sorts of all sorts of mystical things, right? Like 
even just the idea of sinistry and like having sinistry with people over other people. It's just there's certain people that are going to like you and want to learn from you. And then there's certain people that aren't. And so in the personal brand model, if you're going through a period of time where you need to take a step back from what you've been doing in your magical practice in order to learn something else or in order to be more grounded or you're just going through something, right? You can do that. You're allowed to do that because there's so many other things you could discuss or you could talk about that process if you felt comfortable doing that and, you know, create that vulnerability. Um, you know, there's there's so many ways to navigate it. Whereas sometimes if you're just, you're like, I talk about crystals and that's it. If there's ever a time in your life where you don't want to talk about crystals, it can become really difficult to show up in your business, right? And I, and I see this and I've worked with clients where this is the case. Okay, so the second, we're moving into number two, the second tip um, or the thing that I've learned as a professional witch is that you need to realize that being a professional witch is going to ask you to flex a different set of skills than you normally flex, right? Like if you're going from working a nine to five or working a job that's not magical and then coming into full-time magical work or even like a part-time magical business, it's going to ask you to flex a whole different set of skills, maybe on a daily basis, and there's a learning curve there. Um, and so you might have already experienced this learning curve. I think for me, it took me like nine or ten months to realize what was happening. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, what is going on here? And it was actually really jarring for me. And so this topic is a really, really interesting one because I don't hear anybody talking about it really. And it's something that I experienced. And I, when I talk to other witches, um, professional witches, it, it always is a part of their experience as well. And um, it, it's a really cool thing to note. So what I mean here is <clears throat> mediumship, tarot, astrology, all of these things requires a whole different set of skills. Like, you know, I'm not 100% um, knowledgeable about the, the science behind mediumship and tarot. I know that there is like science when you're channeling your different parts of your brain are, are working. I don't know what those parts of the brain are or too much about it. If anybody knows, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to talk about that more. But um, yeah, I know that, you know, different parts of your brain are getting activated when you channel or when you're in ritual or when you do these magical things, um, when you teach, you know, even like, let's say you've never taught a large group before or taught um, really before at all, right? Even that, it's not necessarily, I guess one, some could call it a magical skill, but, um, you know, it's still a different skill that you're going to have to flex, um, even apart from the magical stuff, right? you're going to have to flex all these skills of being an entrepreneur and running your business and setting up integrations and thinking like a Capricorn, you know, all of these things, right? And that might be a whole different set of skill for you as well that might be kind of frustrating or jarring if you don't um, take care of yourself properly or give yourself the resources to understand those, right? Or to really work through those. <clears throat> so, um, how this might affect you is, you know, if you're using a whole different part of your brain on a daily basis than you ever did before, maybe you would do it a couple times a week or, you know, every so often for friends or for family members, and then you start being a full-time reader, um, it can really catch up with you in terms of it can burn you out really quickly. If you don't edit the way that you 
do your self-care or do your magical cleansing or even the way that you eat. I cha- completely changed the, my diet uh, when I did this work professionally. And it was funny because I didn't really even mean to or, th- or think about it. But then I just sort of noticed that I was reaching for certain foods over other foods um, for for reasons and for you know, certain purposes and <clears throat> to ground me and, and whatnot. <laughs> and so it was so interesting. Um, so all of these things can really factor into how you feel on a daily basis, right? Like the body. Um, and I know, and I've talked to a lot of professional witches and, and mediums and psychics that have done this work for a very long time. And they talk about the impact of this and, and how kind of different it can be. So all I'm saying is that um, when I started doing this work full time, I realized that I needed to take care of myself in a whole different way. And I needed to really make sure that that was happening. And the times in my business where those weren't happening, I didn't do very well. <laughs> like, And I don't mean my business. I mean, like, I was not okay. <laughs> like, I wasn't doing a very good I mean, I was probably doing great, a fine job in my work and everything was good in my business, but my mental health slash my energy levels um, were not were not what they used to be, right? They were not good. And so um, that's definitely something that you have to keep in mind. And, you know, I don't want to, like, make this sound scary. Like, I hope that that's not happening. Um, I really am not trying to do that. It's just what I've noticed. You know, and it's like a whole, it's a whole new thing. It's, it's a whole new set of skills you're flexing, right? It's kind of like if you, you know, didn't work out and then you got a job that was super physical, the first couple weeks, you're going to feel really shitty, right? Especially if you don't start, you know, eating more or like whatever, stretching, right? And so that's exactly what I'm saying here. And I think since these are spiritual effects or mental effects or energetic effects, they can linger for a long period of time until you really build up that um, that muscle for them. I know for me, when I, I burnt myself out really, really badly one month, <laughs> and I feel like I didn't recover from it for months afterwards. So now I, I don't do that. <laughs> and I really, really try to do everything I can to not put myself into that situation. And it's all about meditation and eating the way that I need to be eating when I'm doing this kind of work and um, drinking water and going to, you know, my yoga classes or my workout classes and uh, really just being gentle with myself, honestly. Okay, so the next thing that I've realized and learned being a professional witch is that you need to be okay with the process of transformation and transmutation. Um, You will change (laughs) when you do this work professionally because you are constantly accessing transformation and change in catalyst. You know, you are the catalyst for lots of other people. Your content, your work, your services are going to change people's lives. And part of that is you being able to hold that and do that with confidence. Something I hear professional witches saying all the time is I don't know how to charge my worth. I don't know what I am worth. I don't know what my transformation of my service is. Um, And a lot of this can be because like, you know, we're not 
cutting somebody's hair, right? <laughs> like when you go get a haircut, you know, okay, the service I'm going to get is a haircut. They're going to cut my hair. They're going to make my hair healthy again. They're going to wash it. They're going to blow dry it. They're going to style it. And in this society, in this culture, you know, we trade money for that and we get this as a result, right? <clears throat> Easy, simple, um, and, you know, tangible with a witchcraft service or a service that's less tangible even something like talk therapy or coaching or any of these things right um sometimes people feel like they don't understand how to figure out what that transformation is going to be or they feel like they can't possibly make it so that everybody has that same exact experience or that same exact transformation. This is why you hear some things um, like, oh, you know, I just want to make sure you're ready for this or we're both ready for this or, you know, you're going to put in your side of the work, right? Sometimes you hear this in like therapy or service-based industries or coaching or, you know, tarot or anything like that, right? And it's true. It's a, it's a give and take. It's a one person on one side, the other on the other side, and both of them are co-creating, right? It's a co-creation. But um, what I'm saying here is that being comfortable with the process of transformation is being comfortable with your services and your pricing and what you're doing because you know that you in this moment are acting as this catalyst for somebody and what you're talking about, what you're discussing, the information that you're bringing up for them, you might not be able to pinpoint exactly how it will affect them exactly what will be created from it but you know and the intention that you've set for the service is that it's going to create transformation it's going to help them transmute something it's going to help them launch into this new area of their life or their business or their relationships it's going to give them key information or help them uncover key things and work through things that are going to get them to this next level right Um, And so you need to be comfortable with that process for your clients, but also for yourself, right? And for your changes and your transformations. When you start doing witchcraft professionally or readings or anything professionally, you are going to be bombarded with signs and all sorts of things. And a lot of them will be for your clients, right? Like you're doing this for other people, but you have to be able to walk with that and walk with the intensity of transformation on a daily basis and it happening to you and people around you all the time. Your family members probably need to, you know, be okay with that process. You need to be okay with knowing that there's that lull. There's that period of waiting. There's that period where things are being moved around by the gods. Things are being moved around by spirit guides that we can't see. Um, So I should say the process of both transformation and manifestation. You need to really be be good with right or you just need to be open to allow those things to develop and change as you grow in your practice and i think the quicker that you realize that by being a professional witch you are a conduit for transformation and manifestation and a channel and all of these things this kind of bridge right between worlds and you accept that and you accept that that's possible for you and your clients and the people around you and the people that ask you for help, then the more successful that you will be in that endeavor and the quicker you will understand those laws and rules of transformation and manifestation. But sometimes you just have to 
do it. (laughs) You just have to go through experiences that that are uncomfortable for you. You have to have um, sessions that maybe don't go as planned. You have to just go through it, walk through it and experience what that is, what it looks like to be sort of a partner to, to both transformation and manifestation, right? Um, and so it's, it becomes really important. And it's so interesting because it was something that was a huge theme for me in 2022 is being able to hold that, right? Being able to hold the confidence that I had, being able to help people and be that catalyst for people and to, you know, get off the call and know that, okay, what, what we talked about, what we said is transforming them, is changing them at a cellular level. It already has, it already will. And knowing that they're powerful and that your clients are strong. One of my awesome mentors, Kelly Dawn, always said to me, you know, you have to make sure that you are seeing your clients as these powerful people because they they are powerful. And if you don't see them as powerful, then you might attract people who aren't. Or if you don't trust them and trust that they know how to come into your work, how to come into your offers, how to be a part of your business, then maybe you'll attract clients that don't, you know, that don't know how to come into your work, that don't want to come into your work. And so it's really all about what you're perceiving and in, in, in is that you're getting, right? Um, and then, you know, some, it's so funny, I'm like bringing up all these mentors in this episode, which I think is really great because I, I've had so many and even just conversations I've had with colleagues have turned into things that I've thought about for years. And so um, one of my f- one of my friends, and we actually went to college together, her name's also Kelly, she's a tarot reader. And um, she said to me, this was back in college, right? Even I was kind of doing, you know, um, tarot readings in bars and lounges, and I was kind of reading at, at little events, but this was sort of before my main business started, um, back when I was in college. And she said to me, Angelica, you have to make the prediction and then walk away and completely detach. And it was specifically about, you know, predictive tarot, right? That's kind of what we were discussing. I think we're like waiting for like a <laughs> like a class to start or something. And we we're just discussing this because we both read tarot professionally. And um, it was so fascinating. And I really, I think about that all the time. And it's something that I feel is true at every step in the process. When you're in the session with the client, after the session, at any time, right? You have to just detach. You have to just allow something to unfold, allow the transformation to unfold, right? Because if you're, you know, micromanaging people's results and transformations, you're not giving them any room to breathe and you're not actually seeing them as smart, powerful, and incredible, right? Um, So being okay with transformation and manifestation is huge in this business. And the last thing that I learned as a professional witch is that you kind of need to understand what your weaknesses are because they are going to come up as well as your strengths, to be honest, right? Um, I think it's really helpful to know exactly like where you self-sabotage, you need to know sort of a lot about what you fear, what you doubt about yourself or about your business or about, you know, your practice, anything like that. Um, Because if you don't address those things, they're going to come up and they're going to come up at ugly times, right? I think imposter syndrome is a huge part of this too. It's a major thing I, I work with clients on. It's a major thing I hear all the time. 
is, oh, I just don't feel like a witch. I don't feel like a professional. I don't, you know, I don't think I am. Like all of these things, right? And so that's a major one too. If, if imposter syndrome comes up for you, you better believe it's going to come up for, for you when you're a professional, right? Or when you get to the new or next stage of your business. And so having awareness of what your typical fears, doubts, and um, insecurities are is critical to this work um, because, again, if you don't, it's going to come up, you know, halfway through a session with a client and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, why? I can't, no, I need to just focus right now. Um, I think something else that can happen too is since we're spending a lot of time in these spiritual worlds, um, especially if you're like a reader or a medium, sometimes what I've noticed is after a day of readings or after you spend a lot of time not really super grounded into into the world, again, which is not a bad thing, <clears throat> you can start to kind of succumb to some of these fears and doubts, right? Because a big part of you isn't grounded, isn't firm, right? In, in, in your body and who you are, right? You're just kind of up in these etheric worlds. And so sometimes that's when doubt and fear and all of your triggers can really deeply come up for you. I've noticed that, you know, after a day where I felt like I really spent a lot of time in sort of the higher the higher realms or like up in my head or up in my intuition. Um, and this can happen even if you're not a reader, like even if you just spend a lot of time online or you're always in these liminal spaces or you feel like you're always in your head and you're always like criticizing yourself or analyzing things, or maybe you have a career that's very analytical and it requires you to kind of come out of your body and, and into your mind or into another part of you. Anytime you're not like fully kind of dropped into your body, this can happen and the ego and the shadow and all these parts of you can start to weave all these stories. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, holy shit, I feel so anxious. I feel scared. I feel doubtful. And yesterday morning I was totally fine, right? It's because you haven't come down yet. It's because you haven't grounded yourself yet. You're still up there. And <laughs> now there's nothing to do but create all of these narratives, right? And create all of these stories for what could go wrong or what could be happening. It's kind of like, you know, walking into a spell with zero protections and no circle. It's like you're going to attract all the shenanigans, right? And same goes for when you don't ground yourself after a day of doing this kind of work or a day of sort of not being fully present in yourself and in your body, right? That can happen too. So um, just making sure that you understand that and you know that and you know what your weaknesses are and, you know you maybe even like writing them down, like writing down your limiting beliefs, writing down things that come up for you constantly um, and having awareness that, you know, your limiting beliefs are going to change over time and they're going to develop with whatever you sort of fear at that time. And just knowing that, you know, that is something that's always going to be fleeting. These fears and doubts are always going to come in and out and like ebb and flow, but you are the rock, right? Like you are the rock <laughs> like on the beach that these waves of fear and doubt are changing and adapting and, and crashing onto you. And, you know, low tide, they disappear, high tide, they come back up. You are that rock and your business is that rock, right? This is like your legacy. This is what you're gonna do forever. You know, <laughs> this is your life and you know, if one day this belief that comes up because you feel insecure about something is going to rock you so hard that you're going to give it all up, then, you know, I don't know. 
you just have to be aware of that. <laughs> you know, you have to be aware of that um, and make sure that it's not rocking you to the bone, to the core every day. Um, and I think sometimes if you find that fear comes up for you a lot um, and there's like all of these things that you just don't want this to happen. I don't want, you know, this to happen. What if this happens? Oh my gosh, like what if I enter this period of my business where I'm not making any money or what if this happens? Which I totally get. Like this is just the entrepreneur struggle. It's just what everybody thinks about, you know, at certain times in their business. It's very common. But um, <clears throat> if you're constantly in fear and that's the major energy of like things that could happen, worry, that's a really good um way to tell that you're actually like in the middle of resistance like that fear of the future is not creating outcomes of the future it's impacting your daily life and that's why you have the fear it's kind of hard to explain but it's like when you have so much fear it's because there's something unsatisfying or resistant that you're currently experiencing in your daily life and that's creating more and more of those waves right it's not about the future it's about you in the present and you changing what's happening right now to feel a different way right so having knowledge of these prior can be really impactful and helpful. And I think a really great way to do this is to study your birth chart. Um, This is actually what we're doing in the Success Circle, which is my astrology and self-development group. Basically, we meet every month for a workshop where I teach a topic in astrology. This month, we're going over Aries, um, Aries season energy, as well as the first house. We're going to basically work on one sign and one house for the whole year um, each month. And after we talk about that and um, other topics that I think are really important when we're looking at those areas of our birth chart and self-development, we're also going to be applying these to our chart. We're going to be in a workshop setting, pulling up our charts, looking at our charts, seeing our placements, and I'll be there so you can ask any questions or run anything by me or help with your interpretation skills and that sort of thing. So using astrology for the purposes of self-development. And a lot of it is locating our strengths and locating placements or aspects or situations in the birth chart that could be creating weaknesses or fears or doubts or sort of unsavory um, parts of our personality. It's all good to know and self-knowledge is the key (laughs) towards success. Like it really is, right? It's self-knowledge, self-mastery is so important. And once you've really done the work there, like things are become so much more possible for you. Like I just, I've seen it time and time again. Um, And it's a great way to understand what your weaknesses are. Um, I know for me, there's like a really big sort of signature in my chart that's very obvious. Um, I have this like T-square to my ascendant with Mars and Saturn. If, yeah, if you astrologers are listening, you're gonna be like, whoa, (laughs) that's crazy. Um, And there's a lot of other stuff going on with it, but um, having understanding of that placement in particular has been able to help me navigate and shift out of so many things that I've been experiencing because I can understand the frequency of that um, aspect in my chart and what it creates and what the sort of signatures are of that aspect in my life and especially in self-doubt and self-sabotage, which is sort of what it brings up for me. 
And it's been so helpful to go, okay, what I'm currently experiencing is just a result of this aspect in my chart. And I'm going to, you know, move past it today. Or I'm going to do these skills and these tools. It's called remediation astrology, remediating these placements, making these placements less um, noticeable, doing specific things that can help to lessen the effect of these placements. It's so exciting. We're going to be covering it really soon in the success circle. And we're kind of going to be talking about it like as we go, but I'm going to do one workshop about it in particular coming up. Um, And yeah, once you understand what exactly needs to be remediated, things change and you have a toolkit for navigating very specific weaknesses that you have. So, so, so powerful. Anyway, thank you so much for um, tuning in. This is so fun to film. I'm going to do more of these. <laughs> if you have any suggestions about upcoming episodes, there's a poll on Spotify um, where you can actually tell me what you want me to talk about next. Um, find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Angelic S. Crashy. Come over there. Um, if you love the show, share it to your stories on Instagram and tag me. I would love to see your posts about um, this podcast Um, on Spotify and on Apple. You can also rate this podcast now, which is really cool. And yeah, we'll talk extremely soon. Everything is linked in the um, description or in the show notes, I should say, for how to work with me one-to-one. If you are a spiritual business owner, if you are a professional witch and you want some coaching, if you want a birth chart reading for your business to really look at the strengths and weaknesses of your business or any other sort of area of your business that you're looking for clarity on right now, that's what the business birth chart reading does. It's an incredible business investment. It's a reading that you will watch back time and time again and be consistently gaining information and insight on. So everything is going to be down in the show notes to work with me or to join my astrology and self-development program. All right, everybody. Goodbye.